Howdy doody, Buck Ernie's. You know, Big Gum Drop back at it again. Today, I'm really excited to announce that this is the first episode of the Gum Drop podcast, as well as this is also part of the first part of this project that I've been working on called Tell the Story. And if you don't know what Tell the Story is, I will link a video um, to the description that has more information about what this project is. But a little rundown is I am finding people in the outdoor realm and having them tell me a story about a time that they went into nature. And then once I do that, I am finding an artist to create something based on that story um, of that outdoors person. And today, um, who we have for the outdoors person is Zach Anastasi, telling us a story about when he went down to Daytona Beach, Florida over spring break in 2022 to do some shark fishing. And the artist that we had was Pablo Soto. Um, if you want to check out the video portion of this, I will also link that down below. Um, this podcast is just going to be the elongated form of that video version. So this is going to have the full interview with both of Pablo and Zach. I'm really excited for what this podcast could come and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you guys. Let's get into it. Howdy doody buckaroonies, you know, big gumdrop back at it. And I would like to introduce you guys to the first ever episode of Tell the Story. Um, I'll give you guys a little short rundown on what this little series is going to be about. And if you want uh, more details, I'll link that video below. But what Tell the Story is about um, is finding people from the outdoor realm and having them tell me a story about a time that they went into nature and then finding an artist to create something based on that story. And the person that we have, the outdoors person that we have today is Zach Anastasi. And the artist that was used for this episode is Pablo Soto. But without any further ado, let's get into this. I'm really excited and I hope you guys enjoy. So what is your name and where are you from? So my name is Zach Anshasi. I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Lived here all my life. Go to school here, go to work here. And that's me. Where do you go to school? I go to the University of Nebraska, Lincoln. I'm a junior and I'm studying criminal justice and psychology. Do you have any short-term or long-term goals with that? Uh, short-term is finish school. Don't take any longer than I need to. I'm, I've got about two semesters left. Well, like a semester and then like a week, actually. Um, so finish that, finish strong, and then get a job and go from there. Uh, long-term, retire early and go back to hunting and fishing as soon as I can. <laughs> What do you do for work? Uh, I do landscape supply, so fertilizer, seed, make the nice golf courses look pretty, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, I do a couple other things, but that's like that's the main gig. How long have you been there for? Uh, about seven months, I think. Six or seven months, I would say, since September. So whatever that adds up to. All right. 
now switching gears, um, tell me a little bit about like your outdoors experience or your history in the outdoors. So I've been fishing for about as long as I can remember. Um, hunting not as long. I didn't really start seriously hunting until probably like how old am I? Uh, probably six years ago, five years ago. Um, like I was always kind of around it, but like I said, I didn't really start seriously like pursuing it uh, until then. Um, but as far as fishing goes, I've always done it pretty much. Like I, I just grew up with it. Remember doing it from like the time I was little. Um, yeah, that's just always been like a part of my life. I guess I don't remember not fishing. Do you remember the first time you ever went fishing? I do. Well, no. I remember the first fish I caught, but I don't know if that was, like, the first time I went fishing. But, uh, no, for that, my dad took me fishing on my grandma's property, and I caught this little bluegill. It was, like, that big. Um, it was really cool. I caught it on, like, this little kid rod. It was, like, probably, like, I don't know, Iron Man or something. I don't remember. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Are you more of a fisherman or a hunter? It really depends. If I had to pick one, I think I would pick hunting. But I hope I never have to do just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your go-to species to fish for? Um, that's a good question. Probably largemouth bass because that's like I know them the best. I understand them. I've been fishing for them for a long time, um, and they're. I'd say they're the most, like, accessible thing with just based on where I am geographically. Um, I do really like catching pike and catching crappie and catfish and stuff. Um, but as far as, like, what I do the most, probably probably largemouth. What type of tactics do you use when you're going for largemouth? Um, I don't have a boat, so I'm mostly bank fishing. Um, and it kind of just depends on time of year and water temperature and stuff like that like you know if they're spawning and they're up shallow it's going to be different than if it's really hot and they're pushed down deep and they're all like lethargic so it kind of just depends i guess but uh whatever it whatever the situation calls for so it's to my understanding that this past march you went down to florida to do some fishing can you tell me a little bit more about that i can so me and a good friend of mine, Wyatt Stuckey, went to Florida to do some shark fishing. Well, we went to Florida for spring break, and then, like, on a whim, we were like, let's go fishing, because we still had some money left, and it was like, we had, like, two or three days left, so we decided to go fishing. Um, so, we booked a trip, and then, like, the next day, basically, like, we booked a trip for the next day, so like, we went to bed, woke up, had some food. Um, went to a gas station, got some water and stuff, Ubered from the gas station to the fishing pier, and that's where, like, we met our guide or whatever, um, and his boat was there, so we loaded up the boat and everything and kind of headed out, I guess. Our first spot was, like, 10 minutes away, I think. Um, he was moving pretty good because there was a lot of boats out, and it was kind of a windy day, so he kind of wanted to get out and kind of get up on plane, so get up so the boat's going flat rather than like bouncing into every wave um so 
Yeah, we got there pretty quick. Um, first spot was kind of slow. We caught, like, I didn't catch anything. My buddy caught, like, four sea cats or something. Um, they were all, like, that big. Nothing too crazy. Um, there's a few other people fishing there, too. And then we headed to a different spot. And what do we see there? Saw big old manta ray. Um, big old manta ray jumped out of the water, which is pretty cool. Um, didn't catch anything there either. It was kind of like a super deep, like, trough kind of coming off of the bank. So it was cool to see that. Um, see the manta ray and everything, but we didn't really catch anything interesting there. Next spot, I really liked the next spot, but we didn't stay there too long. And then after that, we finally went to like our last spot of the day, and that's where we ended up catching most of the fish for the day. So, yeah, that was like the trip kind of summed up, I guess. So, what species were you guys catching when you were down there? Mostly sharks, um, or that's what we were like trying to target, I guess. Um, I thought it'd be cool to get like some redfish or some snapper or something, but just like the way it ended up. We just ended up catching sharks, which was cool because I've never caught a shark before, so I'm not complaining. Um, but yeah, a lot of sandbar sharks, and then I caught a black tip, and Wyatt caught a bonnet head. And as far as sharks go, that was it. But we also ended up catching, like I said, sea cats, uh, bluefish, whiting. Uh, Wyatt caught like a little ray, it was like that big. Um, what else? What else, what else? I think that was about it. I'm probably forgetting one. A ladyfish. Got a ladyfish, too. I think that was about it. I might be forgetting one. Oh, I caught a jack. I caught a tiny little jack. It was, like, that big. But it was cool because it was my first one. So, yeah. What was the coolest-looking fish that you caught? Probably my black tip. I thought it was a pretty cool-looking shark. I mean, sharks in general are cool, but, like, it was... For a shark, it was pretty cool-looking fish. How would you describe the black tip that you caught? Um, it looked a lot like the sandbar sharks, uh, as far as like color goes. Um, all of them were about three to four feet long, so nothing like, you know, super insane, but it's cool because you can still like pick them up and you don't have to worry about them like, you know, chewing your arm off or anything. Um, but as far as color goes, they're kind of like a brownish gray. We've got like a white belly and then the black tip. It's kind of self-explanatory, but like a couple of his fins like a secondary dorsal and then like a couple other fins have like a tiny little little bit of black on the end of them um other than that he looked a lot like the other sharks they've got like a little bit of iridescence like when the sun hits them right so like they kind of look like purple or green or blue or whatever like depending on how the light hits them but overall it's like a brownish gray color um but yeah they're pretty cool looking. how far off of the shore were you guys when you were fishing uh, we were kind of under, like, a big bridge, like, cars, like, driving over this bridge or whatever, and we were kind of, like, off of some of the, like, pylons for that. As far as the shore, I mean, like, you can see both sides, like, clearly. Um, like, yeah, dude, you could pretty easily swim to one end or the other. Mm -hmm. um, as far as distance goes, I'd say we were probably a couple, mm, 100, 150 yards. 150, 200 yards from, like, the closest bank. Um, so it wasn't super deep either. I want to say it was like 17, 16 or 17 feet where we were catching them. 
So, yeah. Is there anything that you learned from this experience or like inshore fishing? I learned a lot. It's like I had gone inshore fishing before, um, but like what I had done before was very much like what I'm used to. Like you see something that looks good and like you throw a piece of bait at it. I mean, you're using live bait, but still like it was very much like all of my largemouth skills kind of transferred to like what I was used to before. This was very new to me. We were like, we were just kind of fishing off the back of the boat. So like each of us had two rods, one in like a rod holder and then one in our hand. We would tie a Carolina rig, which if you don't know, is like your main line goes to a sinker and then off that sinker is another piece of line. And then at the end of that line is a hook with whatever your bait is on it. So basically that sinker will sink and then that last piece of line is usually like a monofilament so it floats, or a braid so it floats, so your bait will kind of like suspend off the bottom. Um, so we would tie that and then put like a live shrimp or a piece of mullet on there. I think we got most of the fish on the shrimp, because like a live shrimp will kind of kick, and that kind of like disperses some water and sand and stuff, so it's appealing because it's like motion, vibration and stuff. So, um, yeah, anyway, rig that on the Carolina rig. And kind of just chuck it out there and just let it sit which isn't like my go-to style of fishing because I get kind of bored but uh it was still cool it was definitely different not something like I ever would have thought of I guess so it was cool to see like how other people fish so yeah I guess I learned I learned how to shark fish because I would have had no idea <laughs> so you said you were fishing off the back of the boat can you describe what the boat looked like for me uh, pretty typical, typical inshore boat, um, probably 15 to 20 feet long, um, little center console in the middle of the steering wheel, no, like, overhead, some of them have, like, awnings, this one didn't have that, um, just a center console in the middle with a bunch of rod holders on either side of the center console, and then, like, a platform up front to fish, platform on the back to fish, and then kind of, a little ladder stand over the motor so like if you're sight fishing you can kind of get up higher on it and kind of look down at the fish which we didn't do that um because all our fish were pretty deep but yeah we were just kind of on that back platform on either side of the motor and then there's rod holders on the back of the boat as well so one rod in the rod holder and one in your hand for each of us i guess so you said you've done inshore fishing before where have you done that at that was also in florida that was a year, a year and some change, maybe, ago. Well, no, not quite a year, actually. Probably, like, 10 or 11 months ago. It was in a different part of Florida, and that was, like, all we really caught that day was snook. Like we caught a lot of snook. Uh, my dad, I was with my dad. He caught a mackerel and a sea trout. Oh, he got a flounder, too, actually. I just caught snook, and uh, I caught a little ray that day. And then I ended up catching a pretty nice grouper, too. So, that was just different. Like I said, that was a lot of sight fishing, a lot of, like, intuition. Um, like, you see something that looks good. Like, you see a dock, and see, like, flip your pinfish under the dock or whatever. So, more, like, that largemouth-related skills. Um, more, like, power fishing. Um, but, yeah, just different, I guess. Different between the two experiences. Would you go shark fishing again? I would, but if I was going to do it again, I would want to get, like, a big one. 
like I this was cool and I don't regret it by any means but like I feel like I'm good with this like I, I got my little like four foot shark I feel like if I'm gonna do it like if I'm gonna do it again I want one that's like taller than me but uh, yeah it was cool I'd do it again what was your overall feeling of the trip or like the experience in general it was good um like I said I don't regret it at all um even though it wasn't like necessarily like right up my alley like my cup of tea it was really good just to see how different people fish and how you fish for other things because I mean I'm landlocked we have no like I had no idea how to fish for sharks so it was cool to see it um cool to do it they're really really cool fish to catch they fight really hard it was neat um so yeah I don't regret it by any means but like I said I feel like if I'm gonna go back or if I'm gonna go shark fishing again like it's gonna be different so it's cool because like I can I can kind of rule this out I guess like it's one less thing I feel like I have to do and I can move on to like the next thing but yeah what's the next thing as far as fishing anything yep uh anything well I gotta get a turkey this year and then we'll go from there as far as hunting fishing I don't know I need to fish some more this year um I kind of slacked last year as far as like fishing around here I guess I fished on vacation a couple times but not as much as I used to so I would like to just do a little bit more fishing like here kind of get back to like what started it I guess mm -hmm. get some big old bass and a few catfish and stuff so. but we'll see we'll see where where the year takes us is there anything else that you'd like to add about this experience or anything that I didn't ask about I don't think so. I think we covered it. Um, like I said, it was cool. I'm glad I did it. So, I don't know. I guess if there's like a life lesson in there or something, then take what you can out of it. But just do new things. Try new things. It was cool. It was worth it. All right, Zach. Well, thank you for coming and thank letting you. me interview you. It's been a pleasure. Been a good time. Episode one. Episode one. Episode one. We're out here. <laughs> All right. Doing big things. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. All right, well, cool. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. We've heard from Zach. Now let's talk to Pablo. Okay, so what is your name and where are you from? Um, I'm Pablo Soto, and I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. um, what are you currently up to? Um, right now, well, for the past two months, I've just been working on some art for the Kichel. It's a gallery downtown that I just had a little show in. But um, when the school year starts back up again, I'm going to be doing a design internship and uh, just school stuff like design and studio art. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What do you go to school for? Um, I go to school for graphic design. And just recently I switched to studio art, like so I'm doing half and half um, just so I can put some more art out there. But, yeah, that's what I go to school for. Do you have any short-term or long-term goals tied with that? Um, yes, yeah, short-term goals, I guess, would be to just make some cool art right now, but long-term would be to, like, make a successful career out of it, where I can live comfortably, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, like, on social media, are you, you're doing a show for Kichel here soon? Yeah, I just did. It was July 15th, but it's going to be up for, like, a whole month, so until mm -hmm. August 15th, but I have four pieces in there, and basically I just made um pieces of like animals and some of them have like little like drops coming out of them to represent like how we are like trashing the environment 
and that these animals will be extinct in like 50 to like 100 years and it's pretty sad how we're treating the earth with like you know like plastic pollution and things like that so mm -hmm. that's what my show is kind of about what animals did you choose well i have it on here but i have uh like a squid an octopus like a cuttlefish and like a gecko mm -hmm. i don't know i just kind of the, i just like ocean animals and the way I was making the art, the drips would work best if the water was, if the animal was like swimming through the water, so it looks like it's like suspended in space, kind mm -hmm. of. So that's kind of, those are just animals I went with. Mm -hmm. Was there a particular reason why you chose to do like more vibrant colors on those animals? Um, there was, I, okay, so the, the owner of the Kichel, his name's Buck Kichel, um, I had a meeting with him about the pieces I should show, and he was like, well, usually what I've seen is that color sells as an artist. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go with vibrant colored animals. And it just, in my opinion, vibrant colors look nice as well. So that's why I did the ones with like a lot of color. And then the two, I have two in there that are not colored at all, black and white. And that's because those were from an advanced drawing class I had at UNL. And so I just threw those two in there because they kind of fit the animal theme. Mm -hmm. So are all the pieces for sale at Kichel right now? Yeah, they are. They are. And Kichel takes like half of the commission. So like they're a little bit pricier than I would have wanted them to be. But that's just because like it, the whole commission doesn't just go to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What first got you exposed to art? Well, my dad is an artist and he, right now he's a director at UNL for, of the art school, right? Um, so basically my whole life I've been exposed to studio art because I've seen my dad do it and we like travel. He took classes abroad uh, that I went with. Like he had students who he taught abroad like in Italy. So I've just always been exposed to it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty privileged. <laughs> um, when did you start taking on or like doing art or feeling like you were like took the title as an artist. Mm -hmm. That's a better question. Um, well, I have, I also have another one in my PowerPoint here, but it's of me at a show when I was really young and I was just drawing these like dragons. And so I guess I don't like remember a specific moment, but ever since I was a kid, I was just drawing things. And then I, I guess it would probably be in senior year of high school, I took HL art and I made a bunch of different projects for that. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm probably gonna do this at, uh, at college, at UNL. And so I would say that that's like the first real moment where I was like, okay, I can actually do this. Cause at, before then it was just a passion, maybe like hobby of mine as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. But so, so yeah. What aspect about art are you passionate about? Um, probably, like, for me, the part that I like the most is rendering things realistically. I think I like that more than design. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't know. It might be a little bit cocky, but I just like showing what I can do on paper, like, from rendering an image to paper, like I said. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's my favorite part. Is there, like, a specific art style that you like? Yeah. Um, well, I have... Abstract art, okay, first of all, I really like hyper-realism, just because, like, I think it's super awesome what some artists can do with a pencil or, like, a brush or whatever you have, um, and, like, abstract art kind of, it kind of confuses me a little bit because 
I don't know how genuinely abstract it is sometimes. Like, I don't know if they just threw it together and were like, I bet I can sell this. So I tend to lean more towards realistic art because that's what I like to do. And I think it shows, like, more skill, and I always love to see skill in mm -hmm. art. I don't know. What piece has taken, like, the longest for you to work on? I have... There's one here on my PowerPoint again. It's of Venice. Um, it... There was just so many details. It was for an HL art class, so senior year of high school. And there was just so many details I had to account for. And it's black and white. If it was colored, it would have been even worse. But um, it's, like, a street view... And, you know, in Venice, there's the water. So not only is it the street view of, like, both buildings side by side going down, but it also is, like, the reflection of that on the water. Mm -hmm. So there was, it just took me so long. And, like, I, I was really ambitious, so I, like, did it for a project in HLR, and it, it just took so many days for me to do. And I was like, oh, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have picked this photo. <laughs> but I did it, and I finished it, and I was pretty proud of it. Mm -hmm. But that's the one I remember that was, I was like... I can't really draw buildings like that again with the water and the reflection. It just takes so long. Mm -hmm. Would you say that was one of your like most challenging pieces that you've done? Um, I don't know because it was more just a grind because I think I'm better at graphite than colored pencil. I think the colored pencil pieces are more of a grind for me sometimes. Like certain colors and textures can be kind of hard to find, but with graphite, I use this like wrapped wrapped like paper sort of tool that smudges mm -hmm. and it makes like all the shading so much easier but with colored pencil there is none of that so i have to work like a lot darker just with the pencil and so i think some of my most challenging moments have come with colored pencil and as opposed to graphite but mm -hmm. that piece still did take the longest okay so. how long did the shark piece take you the shark pieces didn't actually take me that long considering all that i've done like the shark pieces probably took me, like, eight hours or mm -hmm. something like that, but the the one I was saying took a while, probably took, like, 30 or 40, honestly. That's and, like, that's the thing about it. Like, if I was super successful, I'd love to take, like, like 200 hours and do a huge piece that was super detailed if I could sell it for a lot. But, like, you know, I'm not going to put a lot of time into, like, a 40-hour piece and not sell it. You know, I'd rather do a more simpler, simplistic thing. Kind of like a shark, mm -hmm. which is fast, just naturally faster. There's less details in it. It's just the form. Um, so I think that's like a better step for me with the shark. So mm -hmm. it's safe. So, so it's less time. Was there any like obstacles or hardships you found when you were doing the shark? Um, not really in the moment, but looking back on it, I don't. The. Well, are you talking about the? shark piece I made for you mm -hmm. or the other shark piece okay the shark, shark piece, piece I made for you I didn't have very many obstacles with that one it was pretty like it was pretty simple but I've had some other shark pieces where I tried to do like some design stuff in the back and make some like ripples in the water but abstract sort of ripples and I I didn't really like how they turned out as well but um with yours it was actually pretty smooth all mm -hmm. of the process I would say I don't I didn't think the biggest obstacle was probably just picking the the photo mm -hmm. because you need to have a photo that has like a good amount of detail so it, because like your my art will only be as good as like the photo will allow it to be mm -hmm. with details so a more detailed photo will help me so i think that was probably the biggest step mm -hmm. honestly could you walk me through your selection process for like picking the photo and then what you did after you picked the photo mm -hmm. 
Well, it all just depends on, like, if I think the photo will fit the piece well. Like, I thought the photo I picked was cool because the the paper could almost act like the water because I could just have the ripples coming off of the fin so that it could seem like the shark was gliding through the paper. It's kind of like a little illusion. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I pick the um, the piece, I just start going on the paper, and it's, it's just, it's pretty simple like that. And, like, I've also run into issues where, like, I don't know if I should pick a certain photo because I don't have ownership of it, but Buck Keechel and my dad told me, like, you can pick whatever photos you want because, like, you're, it's not like I'm taking the photo and putting it into a design and just straight like this to this it's like a whole art process and like yeah i am replicating the photo but in that replication it's just like a whole different medium mm -hmm. so it's okay to do things like that okay what's your favorite like medium to work in um i th it's mm, well working i like graphite because it's easier like i said with the smudge tool but final product i like colored pencil more because mm -hmm. color is is always great i think it, it can always make a piece pop mm -hmm. but in terms of like and also like the color pencils i work with are prismacolor so they used to be based in japan and the japanese like made them the the actual color in the thing like way better than when they moved to mexico recently and in mexico like the the prismacolors just break a lot so i have to like keep going and buying new ones from like michael's or whatever and like it just, I just don't like how they break like that. But they didn't used to break like five years ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I like I like graphite more for working, but I like colored pencil more for that final outcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty sweet. That that's annoying though that they yeah they break like the quality went and, down. Yeah it uh, yeah, and that's what my dad says too. But like, and I work so hard, like saturated when it comes to colored pencil that for me they break far easier than like my dad. Because he works softer. Mm -hmm. It's just different styles, I guess. I don't know. So, yeah. Have you ever been a part of a project kind of like what we have going on here? Um, no, I don't think so. This is a first for me. I'm excited about it. I think so. I'm excited about it, too. Mm -hmm. um, going into it, was there anything like that you were nervous about? in this mm -hmm. um no not really um i also really like you and i want to support you and what you do Thank but you. it's also always like i would say like a blessing to put out more art like as long it doesn't really matter just to like just every opportunity i can get to make more art i think is worth it mm -hmm. so i think it's good sweet mm -hmm. kind of worked out best for both of us <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> um is there anything like artistically that you would want people to know or just anything I didn't ask throughout the interview? Mm, I think I, w I will say that I think people t sometimes tend to take art a little too seriously almost like I think it's good to have a message but I think art can simply just be fun as itself like some of the art pieces I make I there's no message real message behind it instead of like that I just wanted to explore the form of something or I just had fun making it and rendering it and I think that like a lot of people 
want a deeper meaning behind something so they it can feel like like validated. But I don't think it necessarily needs to. Now, now it's great if it does, mm -hmm. if it has like a meaning, and it has like some sort of like a thing, like it could be like a symbol for like change or something like that. That's great, but it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then also I think art is a great escape from reality. I think that's what a lot of like human activities are based around like movies and like video games it's all just fun like an escape to re from reality and i think that that's what art should be mm -hmm. so yeah a little outlet yeah basically just like just like any hobby would be mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah but that's that's all i can think of right now sweet well thank you for being willing to be a part of this project and kind of be part of the guinea pig group as we yeah, figure yeah. out what's going on well, and thanks all that for interviewing me letting me share my side of how I feel about art and everything. Mm -hmm. For sure. I'm I'm pretty sure we will be working together in the future yeah. on some cool stuff. Yeah, and I'm excited cool. for it. Mm -hmm. so, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for uh, sticking around this long. Uh, it really means a lot to me. I'm really excited about everything that I got going on right now. And there's a lot of new moving parts coming in every day. So Stay tuned for more content and new cool things coming always. If you guys um, are interested in seeing what this art piece looks like or possibly purchasing the art piece that Pablo uh, created, you can I'll link everything down below and you'll be able to figure it out from there. Um, also, if you're interested in like if you're an artist and this is something that you think is really cool and something that you might want to try your hand in, hit me up on one of my social medias. All that will be linked down below as well. Let's connect. Let's see if maybe we can do something and do uh, work on a project together in the future. Um, also, if you think that you have a really cool story that you're just itching to tell, hit me up, hit me up. Let's, let's do some work. Let's talk to some people. Um, I'm really excited. I want to be meeting more people. I want to just constantly be creating. So just contact me, hit your boy up. Uh, that's all I really got. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around and I really appreciate all the love and support you guys have shown me thus far. Big gum drop out. Let's try that again. That didn't sound right. Big gum drop out. Deuces.